Join Ian Garvey as we uncover the hidden marketing stories that shape our world. Reveal the latest marketing tactics that will shape your future and the amazing people that grow organizations, movements, and businesses. Learn to grow your business and shape the world around you. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show with Ian Garlic. And yes, it's Ian, not Ian. That's marketing too. All right, welcome back to the Garlic Marketing Show. Ian Garlic here, and we have the CEO, founder of Burblio, one of the biggest content producers out there for SEO and content. And uh, Steve is going to talk to us today about one of their stories of producing a massive amount of content in a short time, seeing where that's gonna go to really increase SEO results. And I wanna talk to him too, just about the state of the industry. When you see so many, one person doing so much content, one company doing so much content, I don't think Steve's doing all the content himself. Uh, he's got a lot of information. Steve, thanks for being on the show. <laughs> thanks so much for having me. Um, so Steve, tell us real quick, so Verblio, real high-end overview of what Verblio is. Cool. Verblio is a content creation marketplace. We are a combination of a SaaS platform for how do you get content done at scale and quality, mixed with a marketplace of a thousand highly curated highly curated writers that are all freelance writers and they all are segmented by vertical and expertise. Um, and they, we basically put that together to create 120,000 pieces of unique content per year at over a thousand clients per month in 40 different verticals. I like to say that of the 40 verticals, other is the 40th and it's 52% of all of our content. So we write for vertical niches and try to do that at scale. And we also cover the long tail pretty well. Oh man. And I, I, I want to, get into long tail and all that stuff and geek out on SEO and content. But I think the unique story that you have here of 17,000 articles, tell me about that. Uh, what's the plan there? What's the thought process of putting out that much content that fast? Sure, so I'll give you a couple examples of one of the big trends that we've seen. So first of all, we get really cool courtside seats at Verblio. So you know more about SEO than I do, but I get to see what a thousand top content marketers are doing every month and about two thirds of those are digital agencies. So people are trying out new and new techniques and we're seeing kind of where the big trends are. So one of the biggest, most exciting trends we've seen over the last year is companies that are building their entire business model on the back of creating high quality content at scale. And so I'll give you two quick examples. The first, uh, and the second one will be the one that we, you referenced at the beginning. The first is there are companies that are creating whole lead gen sites. So for example, maybe to compete with the home advisor type of thing. And they're doing that with creating hundreds of thousands of pieces of con or uh, hundred thousands of dollars of pieces of content so that's in the thousands of pieces of content in a short period of time so they can blanket the web and be found by google for expertise in a whole new vertical and it could be you know dog care it could be plumbing or anything of that nature and so we're spinning up sites for companies like that i think the more exciting thing is here is for marketers to start thinking about content and seo as a new acquisition channel versus I think the way that it's been positioned in the past. And it falls much more in line with the trends of how marketing, how new marketing channels develop. The one that you just referenced, I think is one of our most exciting ones, which is uh, we have a venture capital backed company that came to us who was trying to build their company, how to jumpstart it and really take over. They just got a serious amount of funding. We are their only marketing channel. 
that they're investing in and they're, they want to create 17,000 unique articles in a three month period, which is an insane amount of content, especially if you want to do that at quality. So when people actually find your site, it drives more traffic or it drives more conversions. And so that required us to really scale up our operations dramatically in a short period of time. Um, but we built our marketplace model. I've been working in marketplace SaaS for over 15 plus years now. Um, and so I geek out on the model and how do you put these things together so all the incentives and the technology are, are, are aligned. So we had that much surplus capacity in our system without having to go source new writers. And we have all the technology built into the platform so that we could actually get all the SEO requirements down. And so we are at the end of delivering those 17,000 pieces in a short period of time. And we're looking, uh, we're excited to explore other creative marketers out there that are being aggressive on this front and trying to think of new marketing channels that can set themselves apart. You know, it comes to an interesting point because if someone may hear 17,000 and why not trickle them out? What is the thought process of getting that much content out super fast instead of just doing the, the trickling out thing? So we're finding this with a, with a lot of these larger projects that are coming in. So our there's a Verblio business was really built on subscriptions and doing more delivering, delivering exactly what you're talking about. High quality content at scale, frequency is really important, quality is really important. That's how you get seen, by, that's how you get noticed in SEO. But the reason there's been so many of these large projects coming our way recently is that these companies see that there needs to be an infusion of content to knock out basically their competition before their competition can start to develop their SEO um, to compete with you. So think of it as a competitive channel. How do you give yourself that immediate moat before your, comp your competition catches up with you in a moat that will be everlasting? Because once you build it in SEO, it's really hard to take it down. So there's a big first mover advantage. I agree 100%. I was just thinking about this today and and Someone might think of $100,000, $200,000 in content, $300,000, whatever you're charging for that, a ton of money for you know 17,000 articles as, as a ton of money. But if you think of it as an investment, because I, I was thinking about one of my clients today that was a personal injury attorney 13 years ago, was number one for New York personal injury attorney in New York City, and how little the investment was back then versus now. And how much that investment you're talking about now in the future that future dollars of just how much to get into the market must be huge. And I think that's the exact right way to think of it is think of it as a portfolio that you're investing in for the future. And I think this is part of the big challenge with agencies that are trying to sell this to their end client. They're mostly selling it as this is something that'll kick in six to 12 months gone and you just keep, keep investing in it along the way and it'll keep paying back as opposed to this is your portfolio. It is like an annuity. It keeps paying off further into uh, as far as you go and you never pay for it again. Um, and I think most marketers who aren't as familiar with content and SEO think of it as in way too closely to pay digital where you're basically paying for more ads and you have to keep putting it in, but it doesn't keep paying off. So what is, uh, what is, I think HubSpot's got a line about it being, uh, we're more like eat your broccoli and go running as opposed to drink your Red Bull. <laughs> that that's a good point i you know i always made the equation to real estate you're buying up little little bits of real estate and it's there you invest it in the real estate it's still there versus renting right with with ads you're renting the stop you, you stop paying you get ejected <laughs> you get evicted um that that analogy so, makes a lot more sense we'll go with yours <laughs> <laughs> and so when i you know when we're thinking of this level of investment and this, I mean, 17,000 articles, 
it's it's crazy it's a crazy amount of content how did you all plan it to make sure it all works together or do they do that I mean, so it's a combination. So we're a strategic partner to all of our marketers and they're all putting in their requirements. So we try to build the platform to take in all of the SEO requirements that as much, the more that you can put in the platform, the less friction that you take out of the content creation process. So no matter how good we are, no matter how good you are, I'm sure you have the same challenge with your intake forms. It's basically content creation is a, is a two, is a, is a co-creation process that takes an insane amount of effort. Every process is going to be a little different. And so you try to take out as much friction as you can, knowing that you're basically solving something that'll never be friction free. It's never gonna be your dream SaaS product. Um, and so we basically have, with our experience running projects, we have an account management team for these really large accounts that will come in and do the troubleshooting, set up the process, run the weekly meetings and make sure all the checklists are in place uh, because they're really doing a great job of, of, of looking at Who's in the pool of writers? Are, are the writers following the requirements? And all of the stuff about delivery and technical SEO requirements is just as important as everything else. And I think that's a part that really gets skipped in a lot of other content pl- platforms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And, and when you're looking at, when you came to this and you start mapping this out, because now you have to have, I mean, obviously you have to have multiple writers, kind of similar voice you know, where, I, I don't even know where to start when it comes to this. You know, once you get that order, how are you figuring out how to keep this all straight and make sure it's the best content possible, SEO friendly, all that stuff? Yeah, so you, I mean, yes, that's the big mess that we have to solve and it is a big challenge. And the more of it that you put into the process versus the individual, the better. But especially when you're using hundreds of writers to 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 run a program. so. There's only so much QA you can do. I think that's one of my big kind of like, it, the process needs to speak for itself and QA can't be your solution to everything. Now you need to QA kind of making sure along the way, just at basic touch points. But to me, it's about the getting the requirements in and then also showing clear examples of what this client's, what is, what is their best article look like? If you can show a writer, and this is our most important question that we ask in every one of our intake forms for every new client, give us an example of content that you think is good. Because if you show that to a writer, our writers only get compensated. One of the unique parts about the Verblio marketplace is that we use a lot of marketplace dynamics that other companies aren't using. One of them is the writer only gets rewarded and gets compensated if they have matched themselves to the job and done it properly. So just by writing the article, they don't get paid. They'll only get paid if the client accepts it. And so that puts a lot of the marketplace incentives to the writer to make sure they get it right where in other places you might just skim it over if you're being assigned an article. Um, That's one of our key features there. We align the right incentives. We show examples of what good looks like. We check in along the way with, uh, with some QA, but a lot of the client feedback. And then we share all of that feedback out with every one of the writers on the project. So instead of training one writer at a time, we're training a team of writers all at once. Oh, I love that. I love that. And I love the feedback loop. I, I think that's critical. Um, and when you do that, and now you're getting that feedback, that level of feedback, are you getting a, you know, how are you getting the SEO feedback to make sure that that's going right? I mean, I'm sure you've seen a ton of content, a ton of results. How are you managing and knowing what's working in SEO right now? 
Good. So this we don't, we are relying on our clients who are the marketing experts and seeing how their content's working. You can imagine just like, we would love to have the data on how every piece of content was, but our clients are using them in such different ways with such different audiences that it's really hard to get that valuable feedback. And I think data reporting on on content success is just one of those, like it's the holy grail out there. If, if I could answer this question, I assure you HubSpot would have a perfect product for it. Um, so we rely on our clients who are going to market test this. The more that we get to the front end of marketing, so because our because this type of content that I've been talking about, it like content is a competitive advantage where you're building your business on it, is so ROI driven versus kind of cost driven that we kind of where SEO is usually thought of, that our marketers are looking how every single piece of uh, content is performing and then relating that back to us and the requirements. Hey, we want more writers with this type of background. We need to update our technical SEO requirements because these type of pieces aren't landing. We're changing our, our direction and which type of verticals we're looking at. That really comes from them and that's probably why so many of our, of our client base is our digital marketing agencies because they know how to fine tune this stuff. We actually, when we get asked by clients who are not who aren't expert marketers, what they should be doing, we we reach out to our agency network as quickly as possible and are like, you should talk to experts because this is what they do best, not what we do best. Oh, I love that, and I I think there's a really really important thing in there because I, I had a few other. CMOs on. I had Tal Klein on from, you know, he worked at Citrix and and a few other virtual CMOs. And we were talking about the metrics that we're looking at. And this is a, an interesting metric because most SEO, we're going to look at rankings. We're going to look at traffic. But if an agency is ordering a certain type of content, it means that type of content is actually working. Like it's, they're actually buying it. And so I think that's a, a, a better metric almost than ranking is that that content's working. I think that's exactly right. And and so um, what types of content then are you seeing ordered? What, how is, what, what's the trend right now in types of content that you're seeing ordered? Whew. Wow, all right, let me think of a kind of top five trends that we're, we're seeing. So one of them is the move to longer form content. And, and actually, let me rephrase that. I think, it, most people call it long form, I'm gonna call it mid form. So uh, moving towards uh, a much longer pieces of content and becoming much more authoritative in the subject matter that you are writing about is becoming more and more important. I'll give you one stat from what we Verblio sees. When I, when I first got to this company, so I, I actually didn't found Verblio, I took over as the CEO um, six years ago. Um, and so when I got here, we were doing all short form content, which was think of it as like, if you speak, if you speak word length, then it was about 300 word articles. If you don't, then it's about five paragraphs. And it was about, let's see, the number of, the number of pieces that we were writing over a thousand words was less than three to 4% of all of our content. And now it is 85% of our content is over a thousand words. <clears throat> that is a massive market shift in a short period of time. That doesn't happen in that many marketing channels where you just see such an evolution. And we are trying to foster best practices and advise our clients that way. But that's also where agencies and direct digital marketers are moving their clients. So number one is become more authoritative, write longer form content, but it still has to be good. <laughs> the second piece of it is... Um, is moving into the next phase of is it as content becomes more competitive so it's supposed to grow the content industry like it's supposed to move from uh, the last stat i read was from 10 billion dollar industry to 40 billion dollars in the next 10 years 
that is an incredible amount of expected growth to continue. And so the, the great thing about new marketing channels is it gives you a unique opportunity as a marketer to set yourself apart. The hard thing is that everybody else is realizing it too. So the later you are to the game, the better you have to be. And you never get to sit on your laurels when you're working in a new marketing channel. And so in addition to writing better content, deeper subject matter expertise and longer, it now has to be enhanced. And so we acquired a video company, an AI video company a few years ago to add video to every piece. Um, we're gonna be looking at infographics and design as well. Every piece is just gonna require it to be more consumable by the reader. The easier it is for them to consume, the more interested they are in consuming it, the more effective you're going to be. That's number two on big trends. If you want to interrupt at any time, I got two more. So uh, if you want to go deeper on any of those, we should stop. Now keep going. I want to, I, I love okay, the cool. trends, the countdown. The third is, is content refreshes is reusing existing content. So if you're, uh, if you're in a laggard industry, I don't know, like a HR communication or HRIT type of thing, then, or, um, Sorry, that's not even a great example. Anything with technology is really at the forefront. But if you're in a laggard industry that is just always 10 years behind the trends, your playbook for how to be successful in SEO is actually already written. All you have to do is jump into this now, build up your portfolio. But if you're on the cutting edge, you might have been like a personal injury attorney as you were referring to earlier. These guys, these guys saw the value of content very early and have created thousands of pieces that are basically blanketed to the web in every possible area that their audience might be interested in. At this point, it's hard to create more topics and really the next phase of SEO for them is going to get more juice out of existing articles. So taking your top 20% performers of articles, looking through with an SEO lens of where they can be refreshed, refreshing at least 20 to 30% of the content that's in there and turning that into an immediate ROI impact with your existing portfolio. It's basically like portfolio tuning is the next phase that we're moving into. And then the fourth one was creating new businesses based on content because you never thought that you, this would be a, a way that you could create a new business. We have other, other companies that are creating entire coaching programs where they're using Verblio to create all of the content that they then sell. Or, and we have another client that's a publisher that is creating articles and they get display ad revenue. So when display ads are up, they demand 30, 50% more content for us. And then when display revenue is down, they basically decrease their orders and are adjusting their business and using us to sell, to actually create the end product as opposed to talk about the end product. Wow. So uh, those are my big four. <laughs> big four, that's that's amazing. And you know, and there's so, it's, it's amazing with content. It, everything is changing, but it's not. And it's like, it's so hard to stay in front of it. Um, but you know, we talked about before, storytelling is critical to great content and, and you're a storyteller too. Um, how are you all weaving in stories when you have someone else writing? Are you, are you asking for their stories? How do you, how do you, how do, you do that? So we're real, we are really not guiding the clients on what they should want from their content. We're really taking their, we're guiding them on all the areas they need to tell us about, which is kind of the intake process, which is so critical to co-creation process. But they are guiding the conversation as far as, uh, so one of the first things we ask if you go through the Verblio intake form is, uh, you know, give us, we have the sliders. We basically, would you like to be super professional tone or really humorous? Would you like it to be evergreen content or super topical? And if you can basically go through those five and give an impression, then you give a few examples of what you like, the writer is gonna know 
do these people just want it by the book? Does this client want more stories? Are they more like the wittier you get, the better the content feels to them or the worse? Um, and so the whole feedback loop that we were talking about before the first month, this first one to three months, these are going to be the worst pieces of content you get. They should still be great. But by the end of month three, you fine tuned a team of writers that should all get you. And it should be like receiving, you know, receiving the tone that you were looking for. Uh, the hardest part about our business is require is getting that feedback from the clients to the writers is the clients that don't want to give the feedback. This is like every consulting project in the history of humanity. You could basically see this in every pitch for a consulting company. <laughs> it's basically like the clients that interact with you and interact with the writers and think of them as end people that are really important part of their team and extension of their team. Those clients do incredibly well and they stick with us. The ones who basically want to throw it over the fence and be like, write something good and let's see what comes back. It's just like the boss that you had like at the beginning of your career who told you to write a PowerPoint and then after with no direction and then told you it was wrong. <laughs> it, it's, it's so true, it's so true. And, but you have to balance, I guess, cause you work with the agencies to hopefully they are guiding in the marketing direction. Cause I know when we get feedback from some clients and they're like, well, this, this is too simple. I'm like, well, it, it's marketing copy. <laughs> um, you know, it, and there's that, I, I, I can, I'm sure we could discuss the balance between SEO and marketing copy and professionalism all day long. Uh, and it's probably one of your big headaches. Um, but where, how, how do you see that balance shifting? I mean, when you see stuff coming through, is it is it going more towards marketing copy? Is it going more towards technical? What what are you getting more requests for? So we don't do copywriting, um, which is a whole other beast and a whole other set of requirements. Oh, good God, talk about it. Uh, places to be picky. I can only imagine your world. Like every single word, like <laughs> every single word is so critical. We do only content writing. Uh, and so content writing, so we do this agency survey every year. I think we got 300 participants last year. Top agencies, what do you guys do with content marketing? What are the trends you're seeing? This would be a fun thing that I, uh, to go deeper into. But every single year we ask, you know, what is, what's the new hot? What's the new trends? And then every year, what, what's the most effective marketing content, or content, uh, content that, you're, that you invest in for effectiveness? And every year it's like, blogs are 90% of everybody's most effective channel. And like it does, doesn't change. Writing great blogs and keeping an updated blog still stays as number one. And there'll always be new things at the end. It's kind of like the whole TikTok thing. You know, you'll hear about TikTok, but, but the core stuff is still gonna be on Google and Facebook every year. Yep, oh, it's, it's such a good point. It is such a good point. And those blogs aren't going away and you need this whole combination of stuff. So. Um, and that's interesting that you said, you know, cause I always think of copy versus content and you're writing blog posts, not marketing copy, but is there any of that, are, are, do you infuse any of those copy ideas into there or do you rely on the agency to do that once they get it? So the agencies do most, I mean, they'll put in requests, Hey, we'd like to see something with a more updated tone, a little more punchy this type of, uh, and then it goes to the writers to do so. And we have a whole segmented group of our digital marketing expert writers, which I think is a group of over 150. And they geek out on this type of stuff and, and they get it. But really it's the agencies that get there, um, um, that get this delivered and that are, that are kind of putting that sauce on top. Uh, 
We, I mean, I mean, I think everyone loves having a client that knows what they want and are experts in what they do. It's so much better than training somebody new and how to use your product. Um, and so, yes, we have, I have a deep respect for the agencies and how they do that. <laughs> and so let's talk a little bit about, I mean, cause you, you all have grown massively and you've grown really fast and congratulations on that. And you have experience in the marketplace. Uh, what is what's been the key to your growth your your marketing growth for verblio or for me for verblio sorry okay great no uh no worries yes thank you so i took over the company we're about a two million dollar a year business we're about a 12 million dollar plus business right now in five years and so it has been an unbelievable growth path that's been super exciting so the number one key to growth is to choose an amazing industry to grow in. So I think that anybody who's been in startups for as long as I have knows that there's only so much can be attributed. If I was great all the time, every company that I would have worked at would have been amazing. And so you work on the best practices that you have, you dedicate your suit to them, and you have to get a little bit of luck along the way, and you have to choose as well as possible what industry to ride in. So. Content has blessed us with being in the right space at the right time and our, which is this incredible growth from $10 billion to $40 billion industry in a short period of time. That's a great, it is great to have that win behind you. So the first, the first bit of credit I'm going to give to everybody else, which is the market, which is being in the right place at the right time. The second is thinking differently about a business model. So everybody can do this with your industries just to look at how everyone else thinks about it and think, what am I gonna do that's different than the way they're thinking? And so when I walked in, having built seven uh, marketplace businesses in the past, I have a deep belief that is different, that is countered than a lot of the industry of content creation that I walked into, which is my belief is that the more marketplace dynamics you use and the more you infuse that into the technology, you can drive better results than you could otherwise. And I think most companies that call themselves marketplace companies are basically outsourcing companies that are now doing this remotely and are using freelancers instead of, uh, instead of uh, employees. And so when you take away the buildings, you save yourself 8%. And so that basically, you know, is a nice 8% advantage as far as your costs when you have no buildings to pay for. If you're using freelancers instead of workers, then you save yourself like another 10, 15%. But how do you actually create a better mousetrap so that you can actually deliver things like we were talking about the, the rankings example of how do you create legal content at scale that's better without having to have lawyers on staff, which is a really hard thing to keep on, uh, to keep going. And so our example with rankings is we, you can look into this model of a thousand writers and say, who has legal experience? So you can sort by that. Then you can look at how many of you are actually lawyers. And so we had eight lawyers in our marketplace anyway, and you can start to create a unique program that nobody else can. And then how do you make that performance better? By aligning incentives so that all of the onus of performance is on the writers, but if they perform well, they actually do better than they would if they were getting signed. And so those two things of how do you think about all the potential of a marketplace, and then how do you use a marketplace better, really helped us drive better results. It drives better, the, it drives better performance for our end clients, and that is of course the number one the number one way to attract new clients is once you become the buzz that you're doing it better than everyone else, it's a lot easier marketing than anything else you could do about telling them. Love it. I love it. And, and yeah, that's such great advice about uh, 
you know, marketplaces and thinking about it, I think, and also just thinking about not innovating how you're doing the work, not just innovating what you're putting out, uh, which I think a lot of people do it the other way. They're just like, oh, I've got to make something new. And you're like, let's just make the, what we're doing better at innovate how we do it. Uh, and that's uh, critical. That's uh, right. So awesome. there's actually awesome. A, so I got a, a couple other keys to kind of success that are on a different path. But you're right. So the that was focusing internally. What's your business model? The next is externally. Where do you plant your flag, and how do you create more of a niche market? So that big decision was we're going all in on digital agencies. It, the business started as a small business platform, and going back to these are the clients who had the least idea of how to actually use us versus the clients who knew the most. But we're much more picky and you have much more demanding as far as the quality that you needed to produce. And that really helped us focus our brand, our messaging, and our product. Uh, and the last was a people-first strategy, which was be all in on, you, you really have a, if you're a bootstrap company, so we were 12 people when I got there, we had no funding, we still don't. Um, so all of that growth was without funding then you have to be really strategic about your time and resources. And so we made a really big bet that we are going to attract the A-level talent that has never done it before. So we're hiring on traits versus experience. Most companies just want somebody that's actually, you know, been the sales guy in the enterprise, in the enterprise space, and we're gonna bring that person over. Um, we are looking for a type of talent who's curious, who is ambitious, who follows through, and will figure out what problems they need to solve and then solve them directly. But if you make that bet, you have to be really pure on your culture because those, if you have to hire only people with those backgrounds, because as soon as you start finding people who don't, the, the curious types don't want to work with the other type of people. That's part one. So you have to be really intentional about your, your, your culture. The second is that you have to invest heavily on coaching them. So I had a really big decision early on to invest in an executive coach for my junior team or to hire another salesperson. And we went all in on an executive coach to coach up that team because you can't just say we're hiring for these traits without actually doing something about it. And the last is the absolute hardest, which is budgeting your time as a CEO to focus much more internally, 75% of my time versus being the salesperson that I want to be. Because if you're going to align a strategy on people first, you actually have to, you have to sacrifice something and you have to find where in your time you're going to allocate these things. And I think that might have been the most important of all the, the levers of growth that really that really drove us as uh, as quickly as we accelerated. That's uh, super interesting because it's it's definitely the core values. I talk about that a lot and, and hiring for them, but then training up for them and investing heavily in it because I think that you know what you did is super smart, but also the people that aren't are really the ones that are suffering now and saying that I can't find people, I can't find the right people, that they're not out there. It's just because they, they've always just, like you said, hired for traits and then did nothing else. All right, so, I mean, this has been fantastic. So I, I can't wait to see the results of that big article. I can't wait to have you back um, and see, you know, hear what the client says. But if someone wants to get started with Burblio, how, what's the process? Cool. It's super easy. So we're a website, verblio.com, verb, V-E-R-B-L-I-O.com. Uh, we try to make the signups process as easy as possible. If you have a complicated project, you're going to do thousands of articles, please just ask for sales support and we will find uh, an expert to, to guide you there. And that's about it. Nice. And where's the best place to follow you, Steve? Cool. So um, 
you can also go to the Verbally of the site if you want to check out. So we try to make our content as fun and engaging as possible. If you really want to be amused, look at not just our homepage and the agency page and all that, but look at the cannabis content page because that one's particularly spectacular. And the uh, you can you can follow me in a couple places. You can follow me on LinkedIn. I'm the only Spock Ross, S-P-O-C-K-R-O-S-S. Uh, I post a lot. And uh, I also host a marketing podcast myself called Yes and Marketing. Oh, nice. Nice. Is that yes and marketing or do you have a, a, a improv background? Uh, no, I have an aspiring improv background. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, well, th thank you all for taking, uh, Steve, thank you so much for being on and thank you all for taking Steve and I on your journey. Uh, you know, make sure to check out Verblio, make sure to check out everything he's done. Uh, this has been Ian Garlic and the Garlic Marketing Show. Video, you know what will make you an authority? you know it will get you more leads, better leads that close faster and spend more with you. And video stories will help you be remembered and connect with those perfect clients. The problem is, where do you start? Storycruise.com is the place to go. It's like a film crew with an S. What's your strategy? Do you do it yourself? Do you hire a videographer, an agency? Do you need an editor? How do you know if they really know your business and how to make videos for business that work. The answer to all of this and more can be found at storycruise.com. It is the place to find the latest video marketing strategies, the best gear for your business, as well as videographers, editors, and agencies near you that are trained in video storytelling for business. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get special insider info for listeners of the garlic marketing show including special access to several of my courses including including my case story course go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get a whole bunch of special offers just for listeners of the garlic marketing show whether you're looking for a videographer or to do it yourself go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get started today that's it for the garlic marketing show if you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques make sure to follow i and garlic on facebook